Amen, amen, amen. All right, well, let's stand to our feet. We're going to take a break from our series today, and we're going to go into Psalm chapter 1 today. Psalm chapter 1 today. Um, Psalm chapter 1. When um, you get there, if you want, don't mind standing to your feet, Psalm chapter 1, <coughs> whole chapter, amen. Um, I'll start and you guys continue. All right, let's, let's, let's go together. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Keep going. I just want to tag our text for today as we break away from this series, having a committed walk with God. That's what I want to talk about, having a committed walk with God. Let's pray. Father, we lift you up and draw near to you. Uh, we, we, we want the most important thing to be the most important thing, and that is being committed to you and walking with you and not having an esoteric sort of view of the faith, but having a ferocious commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord God, uh, let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our strength, our redeemer in whom we trust. And Lord, help us to not just be um, hearers of the word deceiving ourselves, but help us to be doers. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. Oftentimes, um, in pastoring people, uh, you will get the frantic opportunity where someone comes to you frantic about a need. And they will come to you frantically about a crisis that they're currently dealing with. And they come to you in crisis and wanting help, which they should do, and always as a shepherd, glad to do. Um, but as I look at 99.9% of the cases of crisis that come to me in a person even wanting, either wanting prayer uh, or uh, wanting some type of shepherding help, counseling, um, and, and it has to do with particular things, I'm, I'm asking really several questions because I want to do an inspection on what your spiritual life is normally like. What, 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 what I want to ask people, I, was, I ask them, how's your prayer time with the Lord been like? And nine times out of ten, it's usually been in a challenging place. Um, um, or I ask them, how, how's, how's it been? Have you been coming uh, to Sunday morning gatherings? Have you been gathering with the saints in small groups? What has your spiritual life been like in relation to connecting with other solid believers? And 99.9% .9 of the time, it's been absent. Um, and then finally, I ask, 
I say, how has your time been with you just engaging in God's word? Just, just, just getting in the word of God. And, and, and usually <clears throat> I get an, a moot answer. And, that, and that's not to beat anyone up in any way, shape, or form, but it's to let us know and help us to recognize that most of our crisis that we get into, we get ourselves into. Yeah. And, and, and what happens is, is we sometimes get into a crisis moment uh, of difficulty of life, of where we've placed ourselves sometimes. And what happens is, is we want to come to a place where someone comes and jump starts us, uh, 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 engaging us where we've neglected in our spiritual lives. And, 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 and so my, my, my desire always with someone is to help them to get re-engaged in prayer, in biblical community, in God's word. Prayer, biblical community, and God's word. And I can tell you, family of God, that your distance from those three things will always lead to distance from the Lord. Oh, y'all not going to talk back to me. It's okay. But, 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 but those three things indicate a distance, and there needs to be um, a, 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 a connection there. We, we live in a place nowadays, uh, especially in America, where we have access to so much information. I mean, we have almost, uh, we have hundreds of hundreds of translations of the Old and New Testaments. We have Bibles that only have the Psalms and the New Testament that we can fit in our pockets. And now with the invention of smartphones, we have all different types of apps on our phone to help us to really just understand God's word. We have uh, all types of dictionaries that can break down words that help us to further understand God's words. We, have, we can even slip a CD in or, 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 or play a podcast that'll read the word of God to us for us. There is absolutely unadulterated no excuse for us to not have intimacy with God. Yeah, there's, there's no, there, there, there's no, I mean, there is no excuse for it. There's no excuse for having an absent prayer life. There's no excuse for having an illegitimate time in the Word and a disconnect from God's people. And so we come to a passage which for me was a deep formation scripture for me. In my development of uh, scripture and in, my, in the development of my spiritual life, um, this passage is like a hallmark for me. And, 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 and as a matter of fact, it's not merely a foundation. It's a part of the continued matrix of my spiritual life. You ever had some verses that you, uh, for those of you who've been walking with Jesus just for a little while, that, that, that kind of are stapled as staples in your soul that when you think of them, they are just formation scriptures that have played a massive role in your development. Do you have that? If, if you've ever had that and you've memorized any type of scripture beyond John 3.16, you, 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 you'll know what this can mean to me, and I hope that it can mean something to you. That, that, that the psalmist is talking about what does it look like to have a faithful walk with God. At the end of the day, that's the most important thing. <laughs> Everything in your life is rooted in having a faithful, faithful, faithful walk with God. So today, family, if you're going to have a faithful walk with God, uh, I got two points and two points for you only. The first thing if you, uh, uh, in having a faithful walk with God, number one, you must pursue a healthy environment. You must pursue, somebody say pursue. Pursue a healthy environment. 
I love this passage because it, it starts off with beatitude language. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the God. Let's stop there at blessed is the man. Somebody say blessed. Blessed is a powerful, powerful term. It is a, it is a word that, 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 that really helps us to override something that's been misused in the church. I've heard many people talk about God is not after your happiness, um, um, which that's actually partially true. It's not really fully biblically true because the word here for blessed can be translated happy. Uh, 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 happy, happy, ha happy, happy in, in the sense of satisfaction, if, if you will. Now, now, let's break down this idea of happiness. When we, when we say happiness, we, there's a difference between human happiness and divine happiness. Human happiness is situational. In other words, if your relationships are right, if you had a good day, if your bank account is going well, if, if you seem to be able to just shop when you want to, eat out when you want to, and don't regret it when you look back at your bank account, um, you're, 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 you're happy. Some, some of y'all are relating already. Uh, um, when you can get your hair done when you want to. Some of the ladies, you know, when you can't get your hair done and get it like you want and you don't have to go to the girlfriend house that really don't know how to do hair, but you let her do your hair because you're in such desperate need and she don't charge you nothing, um, you're not as happy as when you can just go and get that appointment with that person that you don't talk too much in the chair and pop gum and cuss and play all kinds of crazy music and you can sit there, get a foot massage and get your hair done and your nails done and your toes done and a stone massage, that day you happy. Some of y'all ladies are worshiping already. You, 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 you all the way, you all the way in there now. You said, Pastor, you preaching now. Um, but, but, but at the end of the day, that doesn't lead to happiness. Because guess what? Your hair's going to get messed up again. Your new growth toenails are going to come out. Your new... F in other words, you're going to have to put yourself in a position to get those things taken care of. Men, your shape up is going to be all right that first few days. But after a week, it's time for a new haircut. Amen, somebody. Um, those of us who have different types of hair textures know that some of us with a more drier, what we used to call peasy hair texture, know we need a more regular, amen, uh, shape up. Um, because, because it's going to need more and more maintenance, and, and, and we're only happy when things are good. But that's not biblical happiness. Biblical happiness is found in Christ. <laughs> this, this, this happiness is a satisfaction that never ends. It, 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 it never ends because God has no ending or beginning. And so the potential for happiness in Christ is unleashed because it's unending as long as you're abiding in the relationship that you have with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the psalmist says something powerful. He says, happy. He says, satisfied is this type of person. And, and I don't know about you, but I want to have a life of satisfaction. Matter of fact, this satisfaction that he's talking about here is not a satisfaction that's situational. It's a satisfaction that transcends situations. That means if, if your relationships aren't working out right, if your job isn't working out right, if your family's acting a fool, this can transcend it because this blessedness is internal, not external. In other words, it doesn't allow feelings to follow faith, but I mean faith to follow feelings, but feelings to follow faith. The problem with many of us is we let our 
feelings uh, rule our life. And so our happiness is based on feelings, not on who has us. And so when the Bible talks about blessed, blessed is the man, he, he begins going through several environments that are traps for us and challenges for us. As he begins doing this, he does what I say is the antithesis <laughs> to building a happy environment. Um, a happy environment, happy in the Bible, actually means joy. Okay? So, 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 so happiness and joy biblically aren't the antithesis to each other. Now, when we look at this passage, we see that Jesus Christ pulls on this idea in, in, in Matthew chapter 5 when he talks about the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes talk about the modes of happiness that makes a person. He said, blessed are you who are persecuted for my name's sake, for your reward in heaven is great. He says, happy are those who get beat up. How in the world can somebody be happy when, things, when, 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 they're, when they're getting persecuted? He says, because their reward is great. He says, so you're not focusing on what you're going through. You're focusing on the one who rewards you that makes what you're going through valuable so you can transcend where you are because who you're in. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. Y'all not going to talk back. But he goes down and he begins giving, again, the antithesis to what it would seem like happiness is found, which he's actually given us where it is found. Look at what he says. He says, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. So this person that's in this passage is walking. Then they go from walking to standing. Then they go from standing, they got so comfortable, they done sat down. In, in, in other words, compromise is a process, not an event. <laughs> Uh, 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 you, you know, when, 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 some, when, when somebody told me they had an affair or, or somebody told me um, they, 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 they got on drugs, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. It just happened. I'm like, nah, that don't just happen. You don't just happen to smoke crack. I don't know who just went out and just said, I'm just going to smoke some crack today, you know. I don't know. I don't know if you just, just shooting up hair and just happens. You know what I'm saying? There was a process for a believer that led up to you being comfortable enough to doing something that you wouldn't have done if you would have been abiding in Christ at that time. In other words, I'll call it, and what he's saying is, he says, be comfortable at the company that you keep. And so he says, they were walking. He said they were walking and they got among messy folk. <laughs> be careful of messy people. Help us today, God. He says walks, he says walks, and so this idea is they are perusing and they're chilling and just chopping it up. I ain't talking about not having, now don't hear me say don't have relationships with non-believers where you have common ground for the gospel. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking, unequally yoga, I'm not talking about that. I, I, what he's talking about here is he's talking about uh, walks. He, 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 when he talks about us walking, he's talking about counsel. So he's talking about your advisory team. Everybody got an advisory team. Now, 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 many of us in our advisory situation, we only like adv advice from people, <laughs> help us today, God, who gives us what we want to hear, not what we need to hear. Okay. 
Um, So sometimes, and I I know, you know, when my mama used to be talking to me, telling me something I don't want to hear, I wouldn't physically give her the hand because I'd get slapped into another century. Um, I would. I mean, she'd knock all my teeth in my spinal cord, literally, (laughs) and make Bill be a new spinal cord, take it out, put it back in, and then start telling me again what she wanted to tell me. Um, But in my spirit... And in my soul, I've given her the hand. In other words, you're not telling me what I want to. So you know what you do when you walk among the, 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 this type of counsel? You, you begin to, you, if you're around somebody that's going to give you good counsel, you try to prepare them for not giving you good advice. Okay, y'all looking at me funny. Uh, well, what, you, what you do is you say, now I know what the Bible says. That's the first thing out of your mouth. Because really what you're telling them, I know what the Bible says, which you don't because you wouldn't be in the situation you're in. But I don't want you to tell me what the Bible says because I don't want to hear it right now because I know what I want to do. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and, and, and then what you say, now, you, you can't, you don't judge me now, which means don't make a judgment about my life. Okay. Then what we go into is we go into all of these different things that try to protect us from what's needed to help us to grow. But what we do is we build community sometimes around people who don't have the kingdom's best interests at heart. And and, and what happens is, is you wonder, and we can begin to wonder why what happens is our hearts and minds go into a slump. And so he says, uh, uh, he says, don't walk in the way or or the counsel of the wicked. He says, those who aren't the community of the righteous. And that's why you need to be at gatherings. That's why you need to, somebody say, I don't need to go go to the gathering. I don't need to go to Sunday morning. I don't need to go to, go to, go to small groups. I don't need to go uh, to, to, to Wednesdays in the Word. I don't need to go to any of those things. But biblically, you need to be where Christ is being proclaimed. I know this is simple, but you need it. I need it for my life. The, again, I need to be reminded over and over and over again because our tendency is to begin to go lackadaisical in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he, 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 he says, you go from walking to standing. Now, standing here is not just a position of your two legs standing. It's where you begin to take root in the counsel that the wicked gave you. So now what begins to happen is as a believer, what, what happens as a believer is you now get developed by what's not kingdom nutrients. And then what begins to happen is you don't recognize that you've been developed in a non-biblical worldview. And because you know what you really believe based on how you operate. You just do. Listen, 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 listen. In, in any area of your life, Look at the operation manual of your practice, and you'll find the operation manual of the principles that you walk in. When you look at the type of relationships that you choose, when you look at the management of the resources that the Lord has given you, in every single area of your life, you will begin to see how you begin to operate. So he says, you go from walking to standing, and you done got so chill, you know what I'm saying? You just go ahead and you just have a seat. And what he says here about sitting down to work, sit or seat, this word seat here means assembly. Um, which church, ecclesia in the New Testament, ecclesia in the New Testament means God's assembled ones. This right here is talking about the assembly of those who don't love the Lord God. And so now what begins to happen is we begin to not assemble where there's health, but we assemble where there's unhealth. And many of us need to really begin, by God's grace, to check the environments that God has placed, uh, I mean, that we have placed ourselves in. And we need to look at those environments and say, 
and track, is our unhealth connected to any of the ways in which we've developed in our lives an environment? Not just the, I'm not talking about where you work, but I'm talking about where you socialize your third place, where you do life and where your guard is shut down is where your values are developed. And so he begins walking through that and helping us with it. <clears throat> but then he gives the antithesis to that, which is powerful, and this passage gloriously brings it out, which I love about this. He says, he says, but his delight, the blessed person, the happy person, is in the law of the Lord. I like this. Because th this, this idea of delight is a term that you will see throughout the Psalms over and over and over and over again. As a matter of fact, its connection is to several words of Jesus Christ where Jesus will say stuff, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you will and it will be given to you. Um, delight yourself in the Lord, Psalm 37, 4, and God will give you the desires of your heart. Delight is us be placing ourselves in the place where we're tenderized by the presence of God. And, 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 and let me see if I can make it plain. I, I, I love, I used to love Kentucky Fried Chicken. You can tell me nothing about some Kentucky Fried Chicken until I had Miss Tootsie's, you know what I'm saying? Miss Tootsie's, they make crust, they, they, never mind. But yeah, they, they make good food. They just, just stay there, amen. And so, um, yeah, so Kentucky Fried Chicken. So I was wondering how they, how their chicken not all, you know, heavily crispy and, and their br the breasts don't get dry, you know? I found out the way they cook their fried chicken is totally different. What they do is they put theirs in a pressure cooker and closes it in. And that pressure, just almost just melts the fat down, hallelujah, into the sinews of the meat. Praise the living God. And, 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 and then it's real, real nice and crispy on the outside. It, 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 because it's been enclosed under this pressure cooker, it begins to be tender in ways that it would never have been tender because of the pressure that's put on it in the presence of the pressure cooker. Getting in God's word is like Kentucky Fried Chicken being in the pressure cooker. When you get in the presence of the living God and you begin delighting yourself in the living God, you become tender in places where you weren't tender. You begin becoming kind in places where you weren't kind because you're in God's presence and you're delighting for him. And when you begin to pray, you pray stuff that you wouldn't have prayed. You ever prayed something you wouldn't have prayed, but it's what you know God wants you to pray? That's how you know you're praying the word. You know you're praying when you're praying something you don't want to pray. When you, see, see, delighting yourself in the Lord make you let go of stuff you would want to hold on to. In, in, other, in other words, usually <coughs> our prayers pray in the direction of what we want. Delighting yourself in the Lord, get you, as you do it long term, you begin to less just pray about your personal preferences and your prayers become bigger because you've been in God's presence. And when you delight yourself in him, his desires become your desires. Then you begin to experience answered prayer because you're praying back to God what he'd already do anyway because of his sovereignty connecting to the sensitivity of your heart. Now you're praying God's word and God is showing off his glory very, very powerfully in your life. And so when we delight ourselves in him, you should, you should, you, th th there should be a, a desire for the living God in your life. I, I, I really don't relate to desireless Christianity. Christians who have no passion for the God who bought them with the price. 
have no passion for the God. I'm not just talking about evangelism. I think that's important. I'm not just talking about in our worship gatherings, but I'm talking about a delight that you have in the Lord that's when nobody's looking. Uh, you, you know how when you first fell in love with somebody and you just be thinking about them all the time and you, you know, you, 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 you so in love with them that you making your coffee or your tea and you putting salt in it, not knowing because your mind is just gone. You know what I'm saying? Or you vacuuming and you know, you, you vacuuming a child up in the vacuum cleaner. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you know what I'm saying? Because you just gone. You know, you just gone. And because delight, a, a delight, a, a delight loses itself in its passion for someone. And, 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 and we, we, we're called first and foremost when we get saved into a relationship, not from hell. And, 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 and many times we as believers find our relationship rooted in what we want from the Lord or what we didn't get from the Lord versus the Lord himself. <laughs> and the Lord is the most important reason we're in a relationship with him. That's why Christ prayed in John 17 that we would be one with him, relationship with him, that we would have the relationship with God that he's had for himself with etern in eternity. He invites us through Christ's death on the cross and resurrection by faith to enter into the enjoyment that he had been enjoying forever with himself. That's what God invites, and th that's where true delight is found. And so, and so we, 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 we should be people of God who just break out in prayer when we're alone. We should be people who want to get desirous of the word. And what's interesting here is he said they delight themselves in the law of the Lord, the first five books of the Bible. We talking about the part of the Bible where people call rules and regulations. He said, I delight in, in Leviticus. Now, have you ever read Leviticus? I'm going to just pick something. I'm going to just pick something. No, y'all laughing. I'm going to just pick something right now in, Le in Leviticus. In Leviticus. I'm going to just, I'm, you know, uh, um, we're going to just read here. Here we go. Plat out. Leviticus. I'm going to just, these, these are the commandments that the Lord commanded Moses for the people of Israel. I'm going to just get some. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the people in the land of Israel, saying to them, if anyone makes a special vow to the Lord involving the violation of persons, then the, uh, the, the, uh, the valuation of the male uh, from 20 years old up to 60 years old shall be 50 shekels. That's what he delighting in. <laughs> and know why he delights in it? Because he believes that every word of God matters. Every word in God's word matters. Many of us, I mean, we got 66 books now, not five books. We have 51, I mean, we got, we, yeah, we got 61 more books than the writer of the psalm, psalmist is talking about, and we have less delight than he has. Delight in him. There is no regret in delighting in the Lord. He's the only person that you can spend time with and it never be a waste of time. It's never a waste of time. No matter how short it is, some of y'all won't spend time with God because you got to have an hour. If I have an hour, I ain't going to feel like I spent no time, so you just don't. But you can spend a moment, and that moment be more than 24 hours in your day of God's, in a sense of God's presence. And we need to get back to not this being a, this is not a basic, this is the faith. This is the whole of the whole thing. 
I hear from even moms who, who, who have young children, man, don't, don't pressure yourself with needing two hours. Sometimes the kids wake up before you. Me and my wife talk about this all the time. You, 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 it was that night you was like, I'm going to get up, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that hour in. And then you say 5.30, you get up, hallelujah, you fixing your tea, you know what I'm saying, you dancing before the Lord, you happy, you know what I'm saying, and then all of a sudden you get, and then you're like, right? I love my children, I love my children, I love my children, right? And that can be a wrestle. Indoor, when you put them down for a nap, this is real practical, pray. Help us today. Just, just say, God, I need you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Read a verse, something. But, but, but draw near to God, and the promise is he'll draw right back to you. That, that's a promise. That's such a good promise. That If you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Single person, stop, stop crying about loneliness. You got, you got the biggest person in the universe in your life. Hold on. You got more, God's presence is everywhere in every direction. I pray my desire and God's desire for you is even though you're not married or don't have the relationships or friendships you want, that God would be enough for you. That you're delighting, God will meet you in your delighting of him. (laughs) He he, he says, my delight is in in, in God's word. (laughs) And delight doesn't mean arguing. Delight means delight. And so he goes further down, and he says, and on his law, he meditates day and night. I love this. Um, this idea of meditation means that there's been memorization. That, that, that means that, again, they didn't, they didn't have individual scrolls of the word of God back then. <laughs> so they had to come to the gatherings, hear the word of God read by the priest, and memorize it with everyone. And they were being taught it at home, right? And so they had to memorize it. So when they go to bed at night, they wouldn't like turning on a lamp or something and pulling out a scroll and finding a place and reading. They had to have the word internalized in them. And on their bed, the idea of on a bed is meaning, meaning when I can have idle time to myself, I take what could be idle to get to sleep and spend time nurturing myself on God's word. Let, let, let's see what this means. The, the, the word here means, the word meditate means to chew. It has the idea of a cow grabbing some grass and chewing on it. You know how the cows do. If you've ever been out of Lancaster, seen a cow. I know in Philly we ain't got no cows, but, you know, we got horses but no cows. Weird, I saw a dude in North Philly. It's several stables just, I'm like, what? Ambulance behind them waiting for them, like trying to get around them, right? Um, but, 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 but the cow ch- chewed chews and then they, they swallow because they have three stomachs. And then they regurgitate it back up and chew again and chew again. And, and then they swallow and then they regurgitate again because what they're trying to do is they're trying, I know that seemed a little nasty, but get, get where I'm going, is, 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 that, is that what they're trying to do is get all the nourishment out of what they're eating that they can. That's what your meditation in God's word is. It's delightful. And when you begin growing, you're going to be rocked by your growth. And it's always good to be on a growth trajectory that's beautiful to be in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. But look at what he says lastly. Look what he says lastly. He said he is, he or she, is like a tree planted 
by streams of water. Um, this person that puts themselves in, 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 in the right environment is like a tree who's placed themselves among not one stream, but multiple streams. If, 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 you, if you will, it, it's as if you're planting a tree near multiple streams that are going, and you, you, the, the tree has a root here going connected to that stream so it can be nourished. It has a root going to this stream so it can be nourished. It has a root going to this stream, and, it, and it's grabbing all of the streams that it's been planted in in order to get the maximum amount of nourishment that it needs. In other words, it doesn't just use one stream, it uses multiple streams. And as it uses these multiple streams, what it does is it soaks in all of the nutrients that it needs to be able to grow. What streams are you planted in right now? Are you planted in prayer? I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm trying to get you to run to the throne of grace where you find mercy. I'm trying to get us to, 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 to receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to grow our souls. I'm trying to get you and I to look at his word being a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. How can a young man or woman keep their way pure? By keeping it according to his word. Flee immorality. Pursue peace, holiness. And, and, and righteousness and the community of those, 2 Timothy 2.22, New Living Translate, uh, Translation, of the community of those who call upon the name of the Lord from a pure heart. That's very, very important for us to grab every stream. You need streams of solid preaching and teaching regularly where you're present. A to the men. You need strong community where you're weeping in the midst of community and people are able to come around you and pray, A, to the doggone men. You need a prayer life where you're pursuing God in the midst of not just the beginning of your day, but all the way through your day. You need that, and you need to soak in that. And as I close, it just reminds me, just reminds me of um, one of my favorite things. I'm, I'm, I got food issues. I love to eat in and thank you, God, for um, taking the ban off of all meats. I love all different types of meats, everything from the chicken uh, to the porkology. Amen. 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 I'm not Hebrew Israelite. I'm not Nation of Islam. None of that. I don't believe in none of that. I believe in Jesus Christ who came from heaven to earth to make all things new and teach Peter and the rest of us that pork is all right. All right. All right. That's what I, that's who I serve. I serve, I serve a God of the ribs. I serve, amen. I serve a God of the pork butt. I serve the God of pulled pork and all of that. Amen. In, 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 in you know, I, I, I thank the Lord God for all, uh, all of that. Meatballs with a little ground pork in it, all of that. Hallelujah. Um, 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 some of us like food so much that we just post it. We, we just so happy. We just like chicken and then put it out so everybody can see it. I do that too. So, um, but one of the things I love to do is grill. I love to grill. I, I love to grill. I don't know what it is about grilling, but it's just one of the enjoyments that God lets me enjoy in him. Now, I like to grill to the point, I don't like to just grill, you know, hamburgers and hot dogs. And for those of you who do hamburgers, don't get the ones frozen and put them on. You got to form the meat, put some seasonings in. Hallelujah, inside of them, right? But, but what, I, what, what, I, what I really, really like is I like to, I like to grill seafood. And one of my favorite dishes that my wife loves me to grill is cedar plank salmon. Now, you got to understand, cedar plank salmon, you got to go get a, a plank of cedar. 
and you got to soak it in some water for a minimum of 20 minutes. Then you lay it on the hot grill and let it dry out so that the moisture that's in it begins to become an aroma. Then what you got to do is you take the salmon. You ain't got to put a whole bunch on it. You just lay it on the plank of cedar and close that mug up. Now, I make a little rubby rub or something. All that marinade, you ain't got to do all that. And you just rub it on the top of it, plat out. And then you just let it, and you just let it get under the smoker. And, and what happens is as it's laying on the cedar, what happens is, is the cedar seeps into the flavor of the salmon so that the salmon can be flavored by the natural flavors of the cedar. And the salmon soaks it in so that when it's eaten, you can taste notes of the cedar and notes of what's in the cedar you get in the salmon because the salmon is soaking in the aroma of the cedar. All I'm trying to tell you is when you plant yourself by the aroma of God's streams, you will have the notes of heaven inside of your soul. You have the notes of humility. You have the notes of grace. You have the notes of mercy. You have the notes of peace. You have the notes of comfort. You have, you'll soak in everything that God wants you to have because you put yourself in a position to seek God's means of grace through the word of God. And so my prayer for us is that you wouldn't fall back from being in God's word and take it for granted and taking it lightly but that you would have a trajectory of life where you and I are faithfully walking with this good God that made all of this investment in us, all of this investment in us, so that we could be brand spanking new. And so because of what Christ has done for us, listen, spending time in the Word doesn't make God love us more. It causes us to love him more. There's a difference. God's never going to love us more than he loves us because he loves us ferociously as much as he, but our love for him must be continuously transfigured. And the way that happens is soaking in every means of grace that God has made available to you. Father God, we thank you and we bless you and we honor you for your word that is a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. And so God, I'm praying today that you would help us to seek your face and turn towards you and be faithful to that reality and not see getting in your word as a reminder, but the word for our life. The word for our life, a renewed word for our life, a continued word for our life, where we seek your face and turn from where we are. And so, God, I pray that we won't only seek intimacy with you when we get in something troubling, but that we would have a lifestyle of seeking you. And I'm praying that if anyone in here has been in a drought in light of falling back from intensive time with you or time with you, period. God, I'm praying in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you would bring them close to yourself. Maybe someone here that doesn't know Christ as their Savior.